0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 102 of the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. This is a great episode and we were joined by my mom, Debbie, and she shares her advice for new homeschoolers. This is the episode anyone who's just getting started homeschooling or just needs a good reminder of what's important needs to listen to. We hope you share this with a friend as well. Before we begin, I also wanna thank Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. You can try out a free trial over at the website, teachingtextbooks.com. But let's get going, here's my dad, Todd Wilson
1: okay well we're just a little bit tired uh debbie and i just got back from florida uh yesterday and we've been at my parents did we get back yesterday yes last night um we got back from florida we at the we're at the uh fpea uh steadfast conference it's an online conference i'm going to tell you about it in just a second here um but we got back yesterday last night um and we've been over at my uh family's lake cottage over here about 15 minutes away and every Wilson feels like under the Sun is there um, so it's, it's a fun filled exhausting week so I'm dragging right now um, you know that it's that parenting thing where you're with your little kids trying to tell them trying to figure out how long they can stay and they're fighting you on how long they can stay and it's just you know how it goes um, but uh, we were at a conference uh, and I was going to tell you, you can be a part of that conference. Uh, Heidi St. John was there, Dr. Kathy Cook, um, Connie Albers and others were there. It was a great time. If you want some encouragement um, on a broad spectrum of topics, you can go to fpa.com backslash join and uh, you can get a discount uh, if you'd like to watch it. It's almost three full days of information. uh, If you put in the code, steadfast 2020 um maybe if ben can put that out there uh so everybody can find it that'd be great um, and it'll be a, i think an encouragement to you but let's get started um we've got my lovely wife here again with us uh, i think she's probably tired too so she's probably forcing a smile uh, even though you can't see her very well because our stinking lights here are not working very well um but we're gonna talk about um uh, maybe you're a, 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 a new a homeschooler sleep. or maybe you know a new homeschooler who might need a little bit of encouragement and I thought we'd bring in Debbie who's been homeschooling a long time uh, just to get some ideas from her and get a little perspective from her I hope it's super encouraging to you, you or your friend and uh, um, so we're just gonna get started so this is my wife Debbie Ben's mom and uh, we're just gonna jump right in because we had her on a couple of weeks ago Uh, And we've homeschooled from Ben from the very beginning. And so Debbie, why don't you just give us a little idea of what our homeschool looked like at the very beginning?
2: Uh, I'm pretty sure when I first started, my goal was to imitate school, like what I remembered as school. So I pretty much think I wore a skirt the first day.
1: did you really i think i did like a denim skirt for some reason and i oh wow i didn't remember that part i think i
2: had them stand and say the pledge or taught them the pledge and um yeah i i think that's all i knew how to do so i just started by thinking i had to emulate the typical classroom that's how i started
0: and has that changed over the years at all, would you say? I mean, uh, I, how quickly I don't did those last? that way
1: anymore. <laughs>
2: yes. yes, it's drastically changed. Uh, I mean, it didn't take me long to realize that that was not practical or needed for a homeschool. Um, and so we, you know, adjusted much over the years because for one thing, I kept having kids and when you're trying to juggle homeschooling your oldest one or two or three or four and you have a you know a couple toddlers and a baby or pregnant or whatever it's just yeah it has to be um very flexible for those years so um
1: do
0: you remember how maybe just so everybody
1: knows debbie um i mean this was not homeschooling was not like your lifelong goal you did not think that you know, going into marriage or whatever, that you were going to be a homeschooler, did you?
2: No. Mm-mm. I mean, I just thought we'd do the normal school thing.
1: What was the first,
0: do you remember the, like, the very first day, what you thought or anything like, you know, how you thought it went?
2: Um, I don't know about that or exact first, week, first day, maybe. but the first day about of every year, I think I was probably crying by the oh, end because yeah. I would have it all planned out in my head and scheduled out. And it just never went as planned. And I'd always be like, why do I even do this? Like, it's just pointless. Pointless. (laughs) (laughs) And um, but eventually I learned to instead, I tried to have a schedule that was all planned out like in 15 minute increments. And you know, which kid would play with which kid or to keep them busy while (laughs) I I worked with someone else. I mean, it was all (laughs) coordinated out like a column for each kid and what they were going to be doing. And eventually I switched to more of a, the next thing schedule instead of a timed schedule. So it didn't matter what time we finally started and it didn't matter when we ended and I just kind of had a general order, which I also was not legalistic about like the order got skipped and moved around, but at least it was a general guideline and things went much better once I relaxed on all of that and just did the next thing you know, so.
1: Okay, so there's, say there's a mom listening right now. Mm-hmm. She's a, she's been maybe thrust into it, or maybe she's just uh, a new mom who's excited about the possibilities of homeschooling her kids. Um, what kind of advice would you give a first-time homeschooler if she begins this year?
2: Um, I jotted down a couple things just <coughs> because I was thinking, what did I, wish I would have known when I first started. And um, the very first thing is there is no right or wrong way. Like you cannot do it wrong. And I guess I thought there was a right way and a wrong way or a better way. And so if you just literally tell yourself that over and over, there's not a right or wrong way. I cannot do this wrong. I cannot mess this up. I know that sounds trite but it's so true and you just if you just allow yourself to believe that and act on that it takes out a lot of potential struggles and issues Um, and the another one i jotted down that's similar to that is that no one size fits all um and that you don't worry about what the joneses are doing because i had lots of good friends who homeschooled and we all do it differently We all pick different curriculum we all have different ideas of what it should look like and that's okay like it it does not matter you you just you just go with what works for you as the mom and what works for your kids and your family and a lot of times i just had to kind of plug my ears and pretend i couldn't hear what other people were saying because
1: because what happens when you do listen to them? I mean, like when you go over to a friend's house, I can remember and you, you know, they were big crafty people and they liked like to make crafts and they did all these amazing things. Mm-hmm. How did you always come home?
2: Well, feeling? You, you end up comparing yourself and then you feel discouraged because you aren't like that mom or you're not doing it like that mom and it looks so perfect or so much better. Um, so, I mean, I know it's hard to have confidence when you're first starting off doing something, um so even if you don't feel confident just remember that it's there's not one way that's better than the other.
1: And really when you say I mean that's not just for brand new moms. I mean that's yeah. for moms cuz yeah. we were even talking this weekend that there are times that you'll be around someone and you're like oh man they 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 their kids are just so smarter. They're doing so they do so much more difficult things than I do and mm-hmm.
2: yeah that'll pretty much plague you your whole homeschool <laughs> journey most people. There's some that are not affected by that but i would say they're not the norm um
0: i feel like in real quick on that note like the comparison thing i think with youtube and instagram as well uh there's a lot of community now built around you know people similar anything you're interested in you'll find a community and the aesthetically pleasing uh you know fake stuff not saying it's all fake for that person they might be really do all that but it's real easy to find people who explain how they do their homeschool planning and it just looks so cool and, you know, they have special notebooks for everything and, you know, and I was, I just was watching a video a couple days ago and the lady was a homeschooler and she had, I mean, it was amazing. Like, and that was not the topic of the video, but, um, you know, and I, I was just like, man, that would look so, like, I need to do all that, you know, so just don't, maybe if you're feeling discouraged at all, don't let yourself around those communities too much a little bit if you don't want to feel comparison because it will be easy to fall into
2: yeah i think there are times it's better not to be in a group if that's how the group leaves you feeling every time Mm -hmm. you're with them Um, um another thought i had was that you cannot ruin your kid your child by which curriculum you choose but you could make them hate school by what you choose. And so I think a lot of moms starting off are like, what do I use? What should I use? What should I use? And they're so pressured to feel like the curriculum they pick makes or breaks the whole thing. And that's so not true. Honestly, it does not matter an iota what curriculum you pick. I mean, math is math is math. I mean, as long as you're plugging away at teaching your child and, you know, their numbers initially, and then all the basic operations. And as it progresses, there is not one, I, you know, there's just not one that'll make or break your child in that. However, um, there are a lot of curriculums that are so schoolified or so boring and so sterile that you could make your kid kind of hate school by the choice. So I would, as a mom, if I was starting off, I would look at what interests me, you know, think back to school, think about what, inspired you, think about what made you bored to tears, think about what you hated in school and what lit a fire for you. And then just look at that through those lenses for what you're picking for your kids. Um, You know, if you want to be able to read aloud to your kids a lot and enjoy sitting on the couch, reading great books together, then pick a literature-based curriculum. Um, If you want a hands-on curriculum because you think your kids need to be busy and stay active while they're learning, you know, it's just, go, it's so much common sense and just go with what feels right to you. And then eventually you can adapt it a little bit more to maybe what your kids like too, and what their learning styles might be. Um, and by learning styles, I mean, whether they learn better by seeing something, by hearing it, by feeling it and touching it, all those types of things. Um, but, um,
0: I feel like that's kind of Mm -hmm. the idea of like, you know, what is it like something like the tool doesn't make the the uh, carpenter or something like that? You know, it's Mm -hmm. it's I mean, you're a mom. Just having the good curriculum is not going to make that relationship and everything else, you know, just instantly click. There's been so many
2: years I was using a curriculum that I thought was working fine. But Mm -hmm. then I'd hear everyone else talking about this one like Mm -hmm. it was the holy grail. And if you weren't using that, you were missing out and your kid wasn't going to be as and it's just not true you know um i mean i would probably never need to buy another stitch of curriculum if i would just use everything i've already purchased that i Mm -hmm. you know ended up stopping to use along the way somewhere um so i don't know um and the other point i thought of is that just to think of homeschooling the same way you have thought of raising your child up into the school aged point i mean We never really consciously taught them how to, we didn't make them practice. I mean, we kind of did, but it was just part of life when we taught them, you know, they started to sit up or crawl or walk or talk and a thousand other things that they learn innately as they're growing. And it's the same thing once school starts, they will learn and grow on their own. Um, And it's innate as as long as you give them a good environment in which to do that. in. And again, that's saying the curriculum really doesn't matter. If you have a environment that fosters learning and you're excited about learning things together and you, they're gonna learn. And it's just, it's just as natural as it was the first preschool years before they were even school aged. Um, Another thought was just to use common sense. If you think something's a waste of time, it probably is. And if you think something is boring, it probably is. And if it's boring to you or your kids, then don't do it. You have permission to adjust anything you buy to fit your needs. And it's not like whoever wrote it with some guru that if you skip something, it's going to damage mm-hmm. your child. It does not matter.
1: Because would you say that, <laughs> I mean, um, boring is not something that we should really tolerate. I mean... I mean, it's not exciting to do math facts, but yeah. I mean, if something's boring, they're not going to ever really enjoy learning it. It's going to kill the learning and you're never really going to enjoy teaching it. It's going to kill teaching it.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously some subjects are more like taking a daily vitamin. You just should do it. And it's not necessarily a fun thing, but there are still ways to make it more enjoyable than than others, I feel like. Um, and I think you just have to play around with it Um.
0: I feel like that's like a being careful not to like I think part of that is like you know how they say like can't see the woods because through the trees or something like that of like Mm -hmm. so fixated on either your goal of get good grade or pass the test or whatever that you forget the fact of the actual learning and I feel like if you focus on the learning there are other stuff, even if you live in a state that requires it, that stuff will come. But if you really focus on the learning side, not just, I got to get them a good N.A., they have to, or whatever. Because you just, I feel like you could lose it. Um, right. And yeah. That, that, the learning side of things. And once you've lost that, it's going to be tough.
2: Uh, right. Yeah. I think a good example of that, and I don't mean to pick on this subject, but is history. I know so many curriculums where really the whole emphasis is memorizing the dates of when everything happened in history. And, but I mean, I was a good memorizer in school. I mean, I pretty much memorized my way through, but I couldn't have told you anything about history. I didn't have an understanding of it. I didn't have an, I didn't give a rip about it. Um, And so to me, that's an example of what does it really matter? You know, that you know all the dates if you don't have any comprehension of history. It seems to me like real learning is when you understand what happened in history and why. Um, and you'll end up having a general guide timeline of when it happened, just because you're understanding mm-hmm. it. Um, but you can definitely know all the dates and not have an understanding of it.
1: And it really kills learning too, because your kids are gonna like, like, what does it matter if I know that Gettysburg was in 1863 or whatever it was, it, it, it just it does make, it makes no sense and there's no, and after a while you just get tired of it. Yeah.
0: Alright, we have something exciting to share about Teaching Textbooks this week. They just released a trailer for their new upcoming version of their math curriculum. The new 4.0 version is even better and includes a new interactive sketch mode so that your child can work out the problems right within the program. It also includes new animations, audio, grade dates, search features, and new stickers. And it still works on computers, tablets, and smartphones. Also, if you purchase the 3.0 version now, you'll be upgraded to 4.0 as soon as it's released. You can check out the trailer and try out a free demo over at teachingtextbooks.com. Thank you to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring this Mind Home podcast. One of the things I was just reading the other day, though, too, I thought was maybe you kind of talked about, you know, kind of getting it, what you need to get done, stuff like that, was it, it was talking about priorities. And I, it said a lot of times, you know, people list out every task and then they say they're all the priorities, but priorities are really like, a thing is a priority you know a list is not a priorities though you can't have multiple like 10 priorities because then you're never going to get any of them done and none of them are actually that important so if i want i was wondering that made me kind of think of like in homeschooling could you have you know your things where you're saying these three things are my priorities if those get done. I feel Mm -hmm. good otherwise the other stuff it's okay if there's a few days that i don't get those things done you know Mm because if you have like 40 things where you're like my kid has to do every single one of these subjects every single day or i've failed it's going to be rough you know but maybe you just set yourself a few basic things where i want to be able to enjoy something with my kids while we're doing something in school or read a couple pages or do a few math facts I don't know that was just something i was thinking about the other day when i was driving home and i don't
2: know yeah. if that's applicable well, or that's or not, kind but... of
1: mom's really her motto would fit into that and that mm-hmm. is
2: yeah i don't at one point i just kind of resigned myself to the fact that i was like you know if we just learn a little like if i feel like they learned a little that day and we laughed some point during school we just were enjoying it and laughed we will have accomplished a lot when you add that up after day after day after day year after year after year totally so.
0: Well, someone said here, Amanda said, uh, have you ever finished a full curriculum subject or do you always skip a few things? This was one like of my confessions one last week. Any
2: particular subject, you think? Any, any, she said
0: but... anything. Have you ever finished a full book and, or, yeah. you know, a curric- have you Are ever you finished a full well, curriculum I subject?
1: I know you've finished books, but. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I've, I've, um, I've finished multiple times <laughs> over the years, but I almost always skip stuff in it if that makes sense so um a lot of times i will skip um chunks of math at the beginning and or end of the year it's usually review at the beginning and review at the end possibly and if i know they've got it we skip it because there it just doesn't seem necessary to keep rehashing something they've already got um I also do that if I feel like there's just too many math problems. We'll do every other or we'll do the first half or, you know, we just Mm -hmm. play around with it if needed. Um, but there is one year. Um, I I remember it was like spring break and the, the it was like a dot to dot math thing where you figured out the answer and then, you know, you did the dot to dot to figure out the puzzle or whatever. And it was like a Merry Christmas thing. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, we're a little behind, but (laughs) It didn't matter because you know i mean really almost all of elementary math is just repetitive so i mean as long as you've taught them the basic operations by the time they're done with elementary you're good <laughs> and as long as they... there have
1: been times where you've got to a, a certain point where you you kind of just tired out of a, of a mm-hmm. certain thing and you're yeah. like we're not going to finish this one
2: yes but every and other okay. curriculum i've used Like, I've used a lot where there's kind of an open and go, and and it's every subject except, let's say, math or something. Or, I mean, yeah, math and maybe Bible. But I never did every single thing in them, ever.
0: And that's hard. Like, that's going to take practice, honestly, I think. Because, like, I think as uh, someone else mentioned here, uh, it's okay to give full credit if you skip things into curriculum. I used to get hung up on that as a newbie. And I think someone who has never done anything, you know, they're taking their Mm -hmm. kids out of school and bringing them home. Like the only lifeline they're going to feel is like, if I follow this book, at least right. I'll know I didn't fail. And it's going to be really hard to not yeah. fall into that. So if you know someone who is, or if you're new and listening to this, like practice that and it's going to
1: take some time to get used to probably, but it's and okay. And I would say you can't even, you can't even really, you can't be doing a good job of life if you get all all your uh, curriculum exactly. done because life <laughs> breaks up things. I mean that a curriculum is written without any idea that Grandma's going to be sick, or that, yeah. or that Joey's going to be sick, or that there's a you know a, a disease that's supposedly sweeping the nation, or something else. You know, mm-hmm. there are just things that happen, and if you don't, I know we know lots of people who will say, well, hey, Grandma was sick today, but we're going to do school tonight, mm-hmm. and I think really then we've missed something because the grandma being sick or whoever is sick, you know, that that's part of school. That just, not because you have turned it into a lesson, but because that's how they see you interact with life. So I think it's really important. Yeah, um, so.
2: that was one of, I can remember when I was a younger mom, homeschooling mom, one of my favorite articles I ever read was called, The Baby is the Lesson. Hmm. And the whole gist of the article was they had a newborn in their house, um, it's exhausting, it's super hard to plan around. And her whole point was, it's okay that the baby is the lesson, whether it's today or for these few weeks or for a couple months or for however how long it takes because they're learning so much. They're learning how to care for a newborn. They're learning how to help their mom. They're learning how to do some things independently because mom's busy with the baby. There's There was like a whole article of all the lessons they're learning because the baby is the lesson right now. And I just, that was so encouraging to me when I was in those child rearing years. (laughs) Well, I wanna
1: make sure you get to your whole list. Was there anything else that you had?
2: No, I just, for someone starting off with young elementary kids, like, um, you know, preschool through elementary, I just feel like if you just major on the um, common sense things that they need to learn, their letters, their colors, their numbers, character issues, um, eventually how to read, how to add, uh, all those things. Everything else is a bonus, I feel like, in those younger years. Um, And so every other subject, including those, can be interesting and fun. They can foster their their innate God-given curiosity and interest that they already have. Like, you don't have to create that in a child. It's there automatically. You walk outside and it's there. They see a worm and they're like fascinated. Um, and just to give them lots of playtime, lots of creative playtime where they're, you know, playing Lego and playing house and building forts, it's all learning. And to not just think, okay, I've got to do school now, my kid's in kindergarten and they spend all day doing workbooks and boring other books, Mm. you know, they need so much time to play and there is so much learning in that. And it's, it just sets the groundwork for everything else. And so that was the only other thing.
0: Well, this is kind of built off of a brand new homeschooler is uh, this person said, what is the best curriculum with this being our first year? Mine are going into sixth and seventh. So that's awesome. We hope you have an awesome, amazing year. It's going to be fun. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that's, you know, it's hard. You don't have usually one cookie cutter answer for, you know, everything, but any, yeah. anything off the top of the head, you want to just but throw maybe out that,
1: there? I know I'm going to just say on that, cause I think that's a, um, a big question that maybe right. a lot of people would ask. Um, so what should like a mom doing this? Here's a her first year, sixth and seventh. You know, probably you're not gonna say, oh, pick this curriculum, but how would you approach that?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I I would suggest, you know, teaching textbooks for math just because it's a really easy entrance thing and you could, it will take all the pressure off of you as the mom. But for those other subjects, I would pick one, if it were me, that's open and go. By that I mean you don't have to do any teacher planning. You don't have to juggle a whole bunch of different curriculums for each different subject. You would pick something that is advertised as basically the teacher's guide is open and go. And basically all your other subjects are going to be in there for the most part, um, usually except math. Sometimes math's in there. I mean, I could name several that would be worth looking into, but again, that. it comes down to you doing the research and seeing what interests you. Um, so if you, if you want something more literature-based um, where you're reading awesome books together and they're reading awesome books, um, you could consider like Sunlight or Heart of Dakota or um, Trail Guide to Learning um, or Ambleside Online. Um,
1: but again, not thinking that you have to do every single, single thing that they tell you to do right. because that can be a little overwhelming. Especially
2: you. if you use sunlight, I would that's my biggest caution in, in recommending that is because it's it's kind of an overwhelming intensive teacher's guide. But one of their um, claims is if you do nothing besides reading all the books they recommend, your kid will have an amazing education. So Mm -hmm. even if you never do any of the other stuff they say to do just by reading those books, it will be, um, a great education. So, um, I mean, I, I obviously did not name any curriculums that are very textbook driven. Um, you know, a lot of people like curriculums that are, um, Similar to what you sit and do in school. You open a textbook, you read, you answer questions. In Christian schools and stuff yeah. like
0: that. Like a Becca I know is a lot of people yeah. who just choose because mm-hmm. it's all in a box and but right. it's gonna be very similar. And that's one thing I feel like never use the amount of time you do school as the guideline for how successful your school is. You know, I think it's really common for a lot of people to go, like, we need to do eight hours or seven hours or six right. hours or whatever and like yeah. that is not a marker mm-hmm. of if mm-hmm. your kids learned anything or not um because i know really we didn't spend a huge better. amount of time yeah, yeah. totally short um
2: segments of each subject is really better than long and all day i mean you just stop caring you stop engaging you stop learning what Um,
0: Charlene said, my father's world is an awesome, check it out. I don't know if we have my father's
2: world. It's another one that I would say can be quite overwhelming though. Mm -hmm. So I think people need to use it with caution. Um, you know, because when you're studying, you know, feasts in the Bible, they want you to have the feasts. Well, I wasn't going to do that with eight kids. There was just no way it was sounded super overwhelming to me. So again, if you use it, please use discretion when you're, you know, reading through the teacher's guide and just leave out what you can't do or don't think is necessary to do. Um, And they're also very classical. So, you know, they're gonna encourage you to read the Iliad and the Odyssey. And, you know, I personally didn't think that was necessary for my sixth and seventh graders. So again, use common sense and use what you think they need to learn not what someone else does. Because that's the other thing. We've been in this circle for 18 years now. um, And honestly, about every curriculum out there, we know the people who wrote it. And they're people just like us. They're just homeschool moms and dads who decided to write a curriculum. So don't think it's some curriculum expert that you know, has this knowledge. God wrote it on the tablets
0: for him and gave it to him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Someone said, uh, Angela said, we use sunlight. And I agree it can be intimidating four years into sunlight. And I still struggle with finishing it all. And that's totally fine. And hopefully, you know, four years into it, you're feeling like you don't have to finish it all. (laughs) Because, you know, it's not going to go away. And skip the
2: ones that you think aren't. I skipped several books in sunlight because I didn't. And
1: I think the the owner, I mean, really, the writers of all the curriculums would say the same thing. I mean, I think they would say, yeah. hey, if you can't get it. To, I know uh, the, the guys are teaching textbooks. They've said that. If you can't get it all, that's okay. Um, in fact, if I found a curriculum and said, well, that's not okay, I would drop that curriculum. I would not do it.
0: Yeah. And I know like one person, uh, Mia said earlier, and it's a good point. She said our, you know, our uh, state requires three-fourths of a curriculum to be done to count as completed. But again, like you get to kind of decide if that three-fourths is done. So if you're going through and going, exactly. my kid knows this. I've done that part, you know, you don't have to, right. Like, it's not like you have to literally go through and show your work for every single one of those pages. You know, you just are deciding if you've completed that three fourths or not. So, you know, I'm not saying like be a rebel and don't, you know, obey your state laws, but just don't maybe think through what that actually looks like and understand you still are the teacher and you're counted as the teacher. So you do get to make those decisions in a lot of those areas on what's completed. right. That's exactly right. Right. So, yeah. Someone said, "Has anyone used the good and the beautiful? We are trying it this year. I don't know if you've yeah. ever heard of that one.
2: I've heard lots of good things about it. Um, some people have an issue with the creators of it, their um, religious beliefs. But as far as I know, they don't try to promote any of that in their curriculum. And I've heard really good things about it. I've not personally used it
0: cool nope i think everything else everyone else has a ton of great encouraging comments it's always awesome we really appreciate it Uh, and if you're listening to the audio version of this you should try to catch it live because it's really neat to see people you know commenting interacting with each other uh so if you're trying to find some you know maybe really specific advice it could be a good way to do that sorry go ahead mom
2: i I thought of what i was going to say when the lady said that about three-fourths of the you know let's say math or whatever um, don't forget too, if you're a new homeschooler that you can do a lot of it orally. Like, so like sometimes if we're um, catching up a little bit in math, like I just really want them to finish the book just personally or you know, or I just feel like there's some concepts I never got to. Um, you can sit down and just get through a lot of it orally and see what what they're not understanding or where they're at. and you know, just do it, sit down on a marker board with them. and i I go off book a lot where, you know, um, I might explain it differently, or I might think through another way to explain it. And we'll just work through problems that I come up with rather than working through that, you know, section of the workbook or whatever. And we can accomplish a whole section on one certain topic in like a day at times. Mm. Um, so again, just, just be flexible in your, the way you approach things and your,
0: I feel like that comes down to not underestimating the power you have as a mom and being one-on-one with with a kid. Because, like, like, there's nothing in life I don't think you can learn faster, like, that you don't learn faster by having someone literally sitting there one-on-one with you, working through something with you and showing you how to do something than someone who's just speaking in, a, like, you know, a lecture hall. Or dad giving a speech is way less than, you know, someone just sitting one-on-one talking through something with you. Like, you know, it's just... And, and so even if you're doing nothing else, you know, you being with your kid and helping them through something is so much more than they're getting in a school setting. They're never mm-hmm. going to be able to really get that for any length of time. Uh, yeah. So don't ever underestimate that.
1: Well, hey, we're out of time. Um, I know maybe you'd like to ask another question. And I just asked Debbie, I actually wrote on a piece of paper and asked her if I could share her email address and she said yes. So if you'd like to say you have a question um and you just need someone to bounce something off of my wife is a very wise woman who has i think a great perspective and she's very articulate in sharing it um but w- why don't you give your email address
2: okay it's rv as in recreational vehicle mom of eight at gmail.com
1: so rv mom of eight numeral eight so the figure eight Digi- um digitate um at gmail.com um, and I thought before we'd go, Ben, I just wanted to pray. Um, some of you know uh, Lori Bluedorn. Um, she's the, I guess, with her husband, co-creator of the Trivium. Um, and she's been in the homeschool circles for a really long time. And uh, Debbie was just telling me that she just went to heaven. She had a, just a really hard battle with cancer. It was it was just terribly sad because she was in a hospital basically alone um, because of this. Well, and. So. Oh, she was at home at the end. Um, but let's just pray for her family. I know that uh, she wanted Christ to be glorified in the whole thing, and he was. Um, but uh, we're going to pray for that as we kind of uh, close out our time together. So, Father, I pray for the Blue Dorn family. I pray that you would um, be very real to them, that you would comfort them and give them peace that passes all understanding. We thank you that Lori is with you. Um, and she, she knew you on earth, and she knows you now. And I just thank you that this is not just a made up thing that we've done to comfort ourselves, but you gave us the truth. Your son came and he paid the price that we might live with you forever. And I pray, Father, if we accomplish nothing else during this year, that we would just continue to remind our children how much they are loved by you and point them to you. And um, we thank you for the great joy and privilege of of homeschooling. We thank you for the Blue Dorns and Lori Blue Dorn for for her life in the homeschool movement, the early homeschool movement. May her fruit continue to uh, produce. In your name we pray, amen. Well, Mm. hey, thanks again for joining us. Um, And this is getting good. I think maybe I should just exit and we could have Debbie do the whole thing with Ben. Um, Debbie had one more (laughs) thing to say.
2: I forgot to say earlier when you were talking about prioritizing, um, there were many years when I had to scale down and just do the bare basics that I got very convicted because I was putting math, reading, you know, English type of subjects as the most important. And it just, it, I just realized, you know what? Why do I, as a Christian homeschool mom, Bible and devotions and character type things with my kids should be the most important thing if I do nothing else that school day? I should make that the highest priority. So eventually i that was my highest priority. I mean, I did it all along, but there were times when I would squeeze that out because I think, well, I at least got to do math. And really it should be the other way around. That should be the most important because that's true knowledge and true wisdom mm-hmm. over all the other subjects.
1: I'm glad you thought of it, but we better close out before she has another point. Um, <laughs> so goodbye everybody, have a great week. Remember um, we're still in July right now. Um, so make sure you're still enjoying summer. You don't have to think about school too much right now, maybe just a little tiny bit, um, but enjoy the summer, enjoy the day, and keep smiling.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Again, if you'd like to email Debbie with a question, you can send it to rvmomof8, and that's numeric8, at gmail.com. Encourage your new homeschooling friends to listen to this episode We you think it will encourage them. I also want to say thank you to New Textbooks for sponsoring the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. Go check out their new demo for version 4.0 up at their website, tindytextbooks.com. Have a great week, and as always, keep smiling.